0: Amen. Well, anybody got the victory today? (laughs) Hallelujah. Let's just lift our hands and thank God for the word today. Thank God for the Holy Spirit, the touch of God. Lord, we praise you. We magnify you. We glorify you. And uh, thank you, Lord, that those who are watching the service uh, and joining us by Internet today will sense the same uh, faith, the same comfort. The same anointing, sitting there in their home or their hotel or wherever they're watching from, we give you all the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn, if you would, in your Bibles to Luke 13. We'll just get right into this. And uh, this is a message that I've preached so many times I've lost count, but it was on my heart today. And... uh got some new stuff on it. How, how about that? Some some new nuggets or insight. Amen. And uh, that I think will help you to take what you need from the Lord. Um, I don't know about you. I, I always need something from the Lord. I'm telling you. I stopped depending on David years ago because I disappointed myself on a daily basis. And so I stopped, I stopped trying to, I stopped trying to make me perfect and started living, trying to, you know, understand living in Christ who is perfect. And you know, it, we're, Christ wasn't given to us as an example to try to match and beat. You know, we used to sing to be like Jesus. That's all I ask. We are like Jesus. He's made us to be like him. Amen. The Bible says that when he appears, that we will look and be exactly like Him, Amen. So this isn't something for this isn't wasn't a challenge. Jesus didn't come to the earth to challenge you and and I to to see if you can be like me. I want you to grow a beard like mine. I want you to wear sandals and you know do the hippie thing, looking thing. No, uh, he 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 never said that. He never said now. I'm your example and you try to, try to be like that. And that, the church world is, is consumed with that thought. Just consumed with, oh, I gotta try today. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus say? Oh, I gotta try to be like that. No, that's like trying to be a human. Now, some people might try to put some effort behind that. (laughs) But, you know, it's like trying to be human or trying to be American or trying to be white or be black, you know, or whatever. You know, come on. You know, we we don't have to try to be anything. We are what we are. Amen. Did you know that is so ridiculous to me? These churches that advertise come as you are. How else can you come? Come as you want want to be or come as you used to? What? What does that even mean? Come as you are. I don't even know what they, whatever you are is what you show up to be. I, I don't know. Okay, sorry. Oh, gosh. All right. You found it, but yet, if you haven't, you need deliverance. Just admit it. All right. Luke 13, 10. Um, he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, which apparently wasn't that acceptable. You're not supposed to do anything on the Sabbath. And he got rebuked for what he did here. Uh, but uh, I want you to see something great. Behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity eighteen years, and was bowed together. Well, that's 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 pretty bad to be bowed together. In other words, she's like bent completely over. So apparently, like her head, her face is down on the ground, where you know where her feet are because she's bowed together. Uh, eight, for this 18 years and could in no wise lift up herself. Now you notice those words there. I want to point out the obvious spirit of infirmity. Oh, happy Pentecost Sunday. I'm not preaching on Pentecost, but it's noted. There you go. Praise the Lord. Uh, Acts two, read it and agree or fight it. Take your, take your choice. I don't care. All right. Had a spirit of infirmity 18 years, was bowed over, could no, in no wise lift up herself. That, that's interesting again, the spirit of infirmity. Now we don't know from some groups if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Some churches will tell you that the Lord bent her over and gave her that so that she could, you know, reach out to others in the similar condition. And I'm just thinking, well, uh, We'll just, you know, let's just see. Let's test it and see what Jesus said about this spirit of infirmity. Is that good or bad? Now, if it's a good thing, it's going to help you. We ought to all be seeking it and have spirit of infirmity prayer lines. But uh, we don't know yet. Uh, depends on which group you're with, what they'll tell you that means. But let's just see what the Bible says for a change. When Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. So you get the impression from reading that far that it's something that was binding her up, right? And so that's not usually a good thing. Anybody here want to be just bound up, you know, like somebody get you and tie your hands behind your back and tie your feet together and put a sock in your mouth and (laughs) something, you know, and so it says he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. She glorified God for the deliverance, not for the infirmity. And the ruler of the synagogue, oh, praise God, there's always some official around to uh, tell you what you can't do. Now, the problem with rule mongers and merit mongers is they... uh They don't really care what happens to you. They don't care if you're blessed or cursed, touched or not touched, right? I mean, it's just the main thing is follow the rule. And the problem with following the rules is they keep moving the peg. It's like the dogs on the racetrack. They're never going to catch that motorized rabbit. And you want to explain to the dogs before the race, Now, if I were y'all, I would just layer here in the yard, not do anything, because you're not gonna catch that rabbit. You will die of effort trying to catch that rabbit. And, uh, so, and tell the dogs you're being exploited by your owners, but you speak, but we don't speak dogs, so they don't get it. But really, religion looks exactly like that. It looks like a greyhound racetrack cause they'll set the they'll set the rabbit and set the peg and you're supposed to chase it down what this is is some form of buddhism to be honest like you're going to reach some le- by, by your effort and by your struggle and by your trying you're going to reach some level of uh, acceptance by god because i want when I stand before him, I want to hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Glory! You know, do the church of God, you know, neck thing. Uh, <laughs> but I'm telling you, according to the word, and we don't have time to prove it all and preach Paul's whole revelation this morning, but according to what Christ has done, God sees us as a completed work From the moment we accept Jesus as Savior. The problem is getting it through to our head that we're a completed work. Because we're so tempted for merit. We're so tempted, I want to prove something to the Lord. Well, all you're going to prove to the Lord is that you're out of faith. And you're back into the flesh. And back into work to try to gain his acceptance, gain his approval. Is anybody following me today? Gain his touch and, and okay, now your faith will work because now you've proven you'll pray three hours every morning at 4.30 with Larry Lee, you know, to get the, for the nations or something. Yeah. And, and then, you know, the, what happens in places like that, it's fine. If you want to have 4.30 Larry Lee prayer, do it. But I'm just telling you, it's, there's a tendency in churches, for the people that show up at 4:30, well, they're more spiritual than the ones who sleep normal hours. Now, if you started Larry Lee prayer here, you, how many know what I mean by that? It's from the way back. <laughs> Only one hand. He was a preacher in Texas who started this. Won't you tarry one hour? Now, see that just that tone of that from coming from that was like a one-time thing with Jesus, and and right before you know his passion. But, you know, if you're not careful, you will take something like that and twist it. And again, put guilt and condemnation on everybody that doesn't want to participate. So then the participators, the few people that, don't sleep into the morning anyway. They'll show up for the prayer, and they get the badge of approval. Does is is anybody know what I'm talking about here? You know, well, now these people are really the Christians, and everybody else. You know, don't you feel bad about it? Well, if you don't, let's let's work on you for an hour. It said uh, I saw a, a a church sign. You know, the marquee. It said something like, uh, uh. Don't let depression kill you. Let the church help. (laughs) And I think we've all had some experience with some branch of the church, universal, that they'll help you feel bad. They'll help you be condemned. They'll help you feel, you know, whatever. Are y'all still here or gone? You know, I asked that one time years ago in a meeting. Y'all still here or gone home? And a lady shouted out, gone home. She'd had enough. And my wife says to her, not Scarlett, my first wife. My wife said to her, I'm glad you said that. I was getting sick of it too, you know. (laughs) Okay, praise God. Nothing like support from the home team. Uh, I'm talking about the ruler of the synagogue is mad because the rules have been broken. He's not happy for the woman's deliverance or healing, or maybe say, "Well, now wait a minute. We haven't had anything like that here at you know, synagogue number 16 in uh, a while. Uh, uh, could you teach us how to do that? You know, or, or show us why?" What are we missing? No, you've broken the rule. You're the devil. They literally said that about Jesus. They said he was the devil. He had devils. He was insane. I'm telling you, start you start doing something in faith and in love and in grace and getting people help and folks are, you know, whatever. And if you've got a religious person amongst you, they are the ones that's going to be mad about it. They're not happy. They're not happy that revival has come. I'm telling you Kenneth Hagin came to my father's church, the Crawford Avenue Church of God in Augusta, Georgia in 1970, <laughs> and uh held a 10-day meeting and the church was packed to the gills. You couldn't put another person in and uh I mean God was blessing people were being healed, you know, people were being saved. It was it was the biggest revival that church had seen in 50 years. And the minute that the meeting was over, all hell broke loose because there were a few religious folks that got mad because it wasn't what they were used to and it was something different. And well, of course it's going to be something different. If, if what we always do is going to produce the result, why isn't there a result? The greatest, the greatest definition of insanity is doing the same thing over expecting new results. Yeah, well, bless God, we're being faithful. I know, faithful to be crazy. We got that one down because there's this basket out front, if you didn't notice, that says, please leave your brain in this basket when you enter the gates of the church because uh, we don't think in here anymore. We just practice religion. And, uh, we, I don't know, maybe, maybe the theme of the church should be practice makes perfect. But if, if our, if all of our programs and all of our great spectacular ideas was gonna win the world, we would have won it over and over. We would have won the universe by now. now y'all getting anything out of this? Because we know how to make systems and programs and all that we, we're just really good at organizing. I'm not against organizing, but we don't organize to the point that there's no no room for Jesus to do something. Now he's mad. Now think about why he's mad. This dude, this ruler of the synagogue, probably has a hat that says, you know. Ruler of the synagogue or something. In Hebrew, so it looks really holy. The ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation. He is mad, in other words. This guy is, you know, ticked off. Because, uh, why? Because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day. No other reason than that. He's healed on the Sabbath day. We don't do that. And said unto the people, and this guy would have taken her healing away from her if he could have done it. He said, and then here's his wisdom. Thank God he went to seminary. There are six days in which men ought to work. And then, therefore, come and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. The Lord then answered him and said, uh, I'm seeker-sensitive here. I want to make sure I say this in the right way. We don't want to offend anyone. No. He said, you hypocrite. Well, that's not well thought out. Jesus should have run that by the committee to see if that would offend anyone. The Thou hypocr- hypocrite! Doth Not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his ass from the stall, and lead him away to watering. And ought not this woman... Now, see, we're going to focus this morning on the word ought. Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, now we have the answer as to who was enforcing the spirit of infirmity. In case you're wondering... Well, sometimes the Lord does these things and allows them so that later, blah 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 blah, whom Satan hath bound, lo or all these 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day. Now we know the culprit. it's the devil. Amen. In case you think sickness is from the Lord to help you have a deeper walk, a closer whatever, know that it is from the devil. The Bible says that Jesus went about all the time healing and setting free those who are oppressed of the devil. So sickness and disease is oppression of the devil. It is not a blessing of the Lord in disguise, teaching somewhere in the shadows you'll find Jesus. He's the one with the cloak and the dagger. No. It says, whom Satan hath bound. So this is very clear as to who is bounder. Be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day. Now, before we read the final verse there on that, I want to go back to... The word ought, that's a strong word. In other words, it's wrong that she doesn't have healing. It's wrong that she's not whole and uh, delivered from this horrible, bent-over, probably rheumatoid arthritis, or we don't know exactly what was causing it. But um, whatever it was, he said that she ought to be free. And this is the coolest part of this message. He gives the reason why. Now remember, the ruler of the synagogue gave a reason why she should not be healed. Because rules have been broken. Primarily by Jesus. But according to, see that's why these preachers that get up and say, well, Jesus never broke any of the law. Yes, he did. He did. And that did not put him in sin because he said that when he came, the rule of the law was over. It's a new sheriff in town. And it's a higher standard. It's the law of love. And he was clear in to his letters in the, to the Corinthians. He said uh, that the laws of God are no longer written on tablets of stone, but on our hearts. Amen. So these people that say, well, grace gives you an excuse to live like the devil and do, you know, whatever. Uh, well, I don't know what Bible they're reading. I don't know, you know, what, what, the, 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 you know, whatever. But the point is, is that God's love letters and love standards and love laws are written in our hearts, which is higher standard than written on ta- tablets of stone to memorize. And he said that the Old Covenant had come to an end. Amen. So Jesus didn't come to try to show us how to keep the law. I've heard that preached from word of faith people. I'm thinking, have you lost your minds? (laughs) Jesus came to show us how to keep the law. Oh, really? Well, the ruler of the synagogue didn't seem to think so. And others... And so, he said, so Jesus, again, Jesus didn't come and Paul didn't raise up in his ministry to teach us how to keep the law. You you want to know how to keep the law? What you better do is go to Hebrew school somewhere and learn it directly and memorize the book of Leviticus. And you need to hire a contractor to rip your kitchen out. Because it's wrong. Because you have milk and meat in the same kitchen, and that's an abomination. And if you miss it in one part of the law, you've missed the whole thing, you're going to hell. You understand? So, you, you need to, like, get it straight. Which, which covenant are you gonna live under? Amen? Well, I just as soon live under the new. How about you? With better promises, and a better covenant, and a better sacrifice, and we don't have to come annually with the sacrifice. It's once and for all. I'd just rather live there. Amen. We sing blessed assurance and preach blessed, um, insecurity and live by that. Is there an assurance at all? Do we have an assurance? You know, how many pay some kind of an insurance bill, you know? You, Home, auto, bundle, whatever. <laughs> and it, it, when you, if you, if you, if you wonder, I, is my insurance paid up? You can look it up online usually right now and, and you can see and when's your last payment and when's the next one due and, and, and you know your coverage date and everything. And, and that gives you peace of mind, doesn't it? It gives you peace of mind to leave your home and travel or whatever. And, uh, that know that if, you know, God forbid if something happened, you know, you'd be covered. Well, we need to live like that and have at least that much faith in the Word that we're covered. Now, what if I say the wrong thing? And what if I have a dirty thought? And what if I'm human? You know, well, bless your darling heart. Are we going to live by faith or are we going to live by flesh? Are we going to be like practicing uh, essentially, I'm not against any group, don't get this wrong, but I'll just tell you this. The Lutherans did a study, some of you have heard this, the Lutherans did a study a few years ago. Of, you know, there's all kinds of Lutheran groups, different, different synods. There's Missouri, there's Wisconsin, there's, you know, some are more liberal, more, more conservative in their practices. But they, the Lutherans did a, I mean, I heard this from a leader. So the Lutheran church, maybe 10 years ago, wanted to see what their people believed about heaven and hell and those things. So they did a survey in all Lutheran churches in America. And they came up with the end result was that 80% of the Lutheran church are practicing Roman Catholics in their belief because they were asked, are you, when you die, will you go to heaven? The answer was yes or no. And if it was yes, why? And only 20% answered because of the blood of Jesus. The 80% of them answered, well, I sing in the choir. I'm faithful to give. I help old ladies across the street. All this works assured their salvation. Listen, there's atheists that are that nice. I'm telling you, you, there's agnostics that are that nice. How, am I, am I, have I just gotten off the bus and I'm in the wrong country? I'm in one of the stands. Anyway, we don't see this woman getting healed based on anything at all that she's done. This is a picture of grace. This is supposed to be an example to us, not of what to do, how to do it, but, but what to be and understand what we are to God. Ah, this is under the worst covenant. We got a better one and a, so if we got a better one, we've got one that's worse, right? If you, that was worse than this one. I'm choosing this one is better. Amen? So, this woman, is under Jesus is saying, under the old covenant, under being a daughter of Abraham, not because she's kept the law, not because she's following Sabbath rules, but because she's who she is, not what she's done. Oh God, help us to get this message to the church. When will the church stop being so mean? To everybody. <laughs> I love the church. Praise God. I love church furniture, pews, everything. That's why, you know, I, I have my hipper pastor friends come in here and they go, now you need to paint the wall black and cover the cross and get the, rid of the pews and change the lighting. I'm going, please get out of my building. Because so I like it all. It's, it's not, I'm not scared of it. Praise God. It's not religious to me. It's just, Church, you know. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Listen, you can rip out the... You can make your church look like a rock club if you want to. But if you're still preaching merit and works, all you're doing is putting a strobe and a black light and a smoke machine on bad doctrine. you still got everybody working. You follow me? Uh, you know, do your thing. I don't care. I'm not. I don't. Praise God. I saw a church somewhere in Hawaii or whatever it was—surfboard church—and they all uh, they made a pulpit out of a surfboard and had church on the beach with surfers. Great, wonderful. Praise God. We're just not going to exchange our pulpit that matches the pews for a surfboard. We're just not. All right. If you're expecting that. You're gonna turn purple holding your breath. I don't mind it. I think it's cool in the setting, yeah. Do your thing. You know, reach people, right? Do whatever it takes. You follow me. I'm just too old to suck. All right. See, I grew up in in Pentecost in little churches that couldn't afford pews and couldn't afford a decent building. And, 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 and had shop lights hanging over the, the folding chairs on cement. Do you understand? And we were always believing God for something better. Then we finally believe God and get something better and everybody says that's out of style. Who cares? Look at Joel Osteen. He wears a tie and a suit, and, you know, and everybody would tell him, lose the tie. Well, why? He's got more people than they'll ever dream of. Maybe the ties helping him. I don't know. Haven't you heard of ties and offerings? <laughs> Say, well, you know, ties are religious. Oh, I'm sure that's why Giorgio Armani designed them because he's trying to be religious. Are people out of their minds? We had a thing years a few years ago called worship wars. You know, where they're wor- they're, the worship leaders are... war It's like the battle of the bands. Battle of the worship leaders. You know, who's right? Who's got the... Hip- blah, ah. So COVID hits and nobody has anything. I mean, it's pathetic. If one thing COVID did is it it exposed bad stuff because it's like, now what are you going to tell them? Well, we don't want too much faith preaching in here. That's just too weird. And we don't want any blood mentioned because that's gory. And we don't want, you know. Well, let's just sing Peter, Paul, and Mary songs. And wear flower rings around our head and wear hippie beads and dance around and have a spiritual experience and uh, pass out crystals. Wait, I had that crystal last week. It didn't do anything for me. Can I exchange? I was in a... I was in a rock shop in Northern California one time years ago. And this this woman running it. Now, you know, people go, oh, don't even go in there. I'm saying, it's rocks, people. Yeah, but they think it's spiritual. I don't care what they think, it's rocks. You know, some charismatics are like scared of their shadow. Ooh, there's a spirit of darkness following me. It's your shadow, dingbat! So, and I mean that in the most seeker-sensitive way, Dingbat. So here's, you know, here's all these rocks, and and there's this huge, like geode, you know, huge, like a boulder, and it's, you know, it's and it's beautiful. It's, you know, it's it was formed in volcanic you know whatever and it's you know they've sliced it open and it's beautiful and everything it's huge it's 900 dollars i don't know what it would cost to put it on the plane your luggage is a little heavy sir <laughs> you broke the scale so this woman i'm going to have fun with her i so she's like she's wearing birkenstocks and everything you know and eating seeds and sprouts got a sprig of something here and over there and she says i said they'll tell me about cuz each rock had you know spiritual you know vibes emanating i <laughs> felt nothing but apparently she did so she said now this rock um this rock um removes self doubt Like the whole thing. The $900 one. I I said, really? Yes. Now I said, now I travel a lot, and so could I like chip a piece off to have a travel size self-doubt remover? Or do you have to have the whole thing? Because if I left home, then my self-doubt remover rock, Cannot go with me. And she goes, you know, that's an interesting question. No one's ever asked that before. Well, I said, I'm serious because if I buy this rock, I want to know if I can like, you know, part it out or do I have to have it intact or it breaks the power. I don't know. Let me go ask my assistant. So she goes back to ask the assistant. She says, I think you could do that. I think you could take a piece of it and have it. And um, it got weirder after that. I don't know what happened. Uh, our friend that was with me kind of dragged me out of the store before I started a insurrection. And they have to burn the town down or something. I don't know. All right. But that's how weird religion gets. And this is no, I'm telling you, this is almost no no weirder. Well, you can heal, but not on Sabbath, because these are the rules. And, you know, we have all kinds of rules. And, you know, I'm not promoting anything, any you know, that would be harmful or whatever, but I've often said to the world, come to our church. We'll take away your cigarette and give you a donut. It's much healthier, you know. Because we've got our stuff, man. We've got our our regulations, and they become more important to us than people's lives. And as an evangelist, this bothers me because I'm thinking, dear God, just give them the love of God and leave them alone. Let the Holy Spirit do His work. Amen. We're not the Holy Ghost, and we're not the Holy Ghost, you know, Gestapo. To go around and control everybody. We're just supposed to love people. Tell them the truth. If they come and ask you, now is this a sin or is that a sin? You say, well, let's just see what the Word says about that area. I'm not going to answer your question. I'm not going to say yes or no. I'm going to tell you, well, here's what the Word says. Now it's up to you if you want to live by it. Well, will I go to hell for that? No, you go to hell for rejection of grace. Not for breaking some rule. It's ridiculous. I grew up where, T.L. Osborne said one time, because he grew up in the same Pentecostal cults that I did, he said, um, breathing might have been a sin if you enjoyed it. It's the truth. I looked up in the 1922 minutes of the Church of God. I I had a copy of it some way. They had floor questions, you know, at the General Assembly where they vote on everything. Vote on one year this is a sin, the next year it's not. Praise God. And uh, they they brought to the floor questions. Should Church of God members be chewing gum? the answer is, well, we're not going to put it in as a rule, but generally speaking, no, because it's enjoying the flesh. Can you believe that? I'm telling you, that's how crazy. Thank God those are, you know, a hundred years, literally a hundred years ago. But thank God that that's passed. But I'll tell you, there's just as much, the spirit of that. Is in the church. I'm not talking about a denomination. I mean the church universal. The spirit of that kind of thing, and in people's thinking, is still alive and well, and it always will be. It's human nature to want to earn something. I want to work for it, and I want to earn it, and I want a badge, and I want a special seat, and I want, you know, for this. It's called merit mongering. <laughs> and uh, you got to watch merit mongers because they'll Inspect you and see. Like I said, we look like a bunch of monkeys in the primate section of the zoo where we pick stuff off of ourselves. And then pretty soon when they've gotten all the ticks and fleas and flies off of themselves, they'll start picking a flea and a fly off of their neighbor. this is what the church can become if we let it. We're not going to let it here, I'll tell you that right now. Because if you tell me I have to do something, I basically will do the opposite. It just, and, and really, that's every, all of us are like that, to be honest, in our hearts. Because Paul said that the law is the strength of sin. Well, you're just preaching, you're just giving people a license to sin. I said, listen, they don't need a license to sin. They'll sin without one. My experience. They'll sell liquor without a license. They'll drive without a license. They'll add a porch on the back of their house without a license. My God, what's the world coming to? I'm telling you what. The more that I understand about grace and righteousness and the finished work of Christ. The more I have a desire to to please the Lord in my own life. I don't have to get up every day and go over the Ten Commandments to make sure that I don't kill, rape, and pillage. Do you? Do you have to get up and read them? And Now let's go over these before we leave the house so we don't kill somebody. No. Why? Because God's laws are written in your heart. It's it's a part of you. This is who you are. Amen? Ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham the only reason and, and and criteria that Jesus gave for her deliverance that day and healing and miracle was that she's a daughter of Abraham. Well, now, if she could get that being a daughter of Abraham, how much more should we be getting being a son and daughter of the living God with a new and better covenant? Can you say Amen. Well, this is a redemptive blessing, so anything would fall under this. You ought to be righteous. You ought to be, understand you're accepted, acceptable and accepted by the Lord. And Paul said in the Amplified, in 2 Corinthians 5, he said, approved of God. Woo! Praise God! We're approved based on who we are, not what we are. Number three is, I don't know what number three is. All right. Now, but it it sounds better to have three points. All right. Look at Hebrews 2. Brother David, you're weird. I know, but there's weirder people than me. All right. Now, this to me is cool. Anyway, you should look up that word ought and just, you know, follow all the scriptures. It's a strong word. Amen. You know what this brings up for me to help me? And this is helps me, maybe help you. Because I ought to be, I ought to be a recipient of all of redemptive blessings. It makes me fight for it a little better. Amen. I don't I never go to the Lord in prayer. Yeah, Lord, I know I don't deserve this. There's not much to me. I'm barely a Christian. I don't pray like that. I haven't prayed like that in forty years. I never really prayed like that, but I mean, you know, we were encouraged to. Just go to the Lord and tell him what a screw up you are. Well, um, We need to go to the Lord and say, Father, you said come boldly to the throne of grace to find grace to help in time of need. I used to say this in Tulsa, praise the Lord, God's holy city, that um, I said, some of you people, (laughs) oh, that always goes over big, you people, I said, some of you, are so sin-conscious that you won't even talk to God without finding something to repent of first to to go to Him. You start to pray, and the devil will bring up. And you need to beat the devil at this. I'm all for repentance. Praise God. Amen. We need to confess our sins. We need to be honest about it and agree with God. Amen. And go on right. Amen. But I'm telling you, We are so repentance conscious and sin conscious that we go to the Lord based on our ability to repent, not based on His finished work. And I said, if you need to repent, repent, but don't use repentance as always the door opener. Hi God, it's me again, and of course I'm sorry. Well, that's just a faith builder. Praise God, how powerful can you be with your prayer life? No, you need to go before the throne and say, Father, you're my very own father, and I'm your very own son, or I'm your very own daughter, and you've made me righteousness of God in Christ. You've made me worthy to stand in front of you. You've made me righteous so that I can stand here and expect to be heard and expect to a blessing. And expect help in time of need. Come boldly to the throne of grace. Well, we've been taught you better be careful once gone. The eyebrows go up. You don't want to go to God in the wrong posture. He'll just smack you down. God is not the wizard of Oz. Blowing smoke and the thing, you know. Hey Amen. He's Father God. Well, Lord, you know, I know I I made that mistake last week and I really shouldn't even be asking you for anything, but I don't know who else to go to. People pray like that. Over the microphone. In church. Like, like that's normal. You want to go, would you please... Send this person to Righteousness 101 class down the hall and get somebody that's saved behind the podium. We should to sing an old song, I'm saved and I know that I am. Well, now we need to re-sing that, I think, because a lot of people are, I'm saved and I don't know that I am. <laughs> I don't know anything. And the devil does not want you To know this. That's why religion is so powerful. Because the devil's behind it. And he'll rob you of your faith. And rob you of your confidence. And you'll just think, well, I don't know. And about the time you start to get bold and you say, in the name of Jesus, I command this mountain to move. And I command this thing to work. The devil will go, oh, really? You think that's going to work for you? What do you think? You're Kenneth Hagin? Who do you think you are? Who do you think? You're Oral Roberts? I'll tell you who, who, I tell you who I am. I am in Christ. And so when I say it, it's the same as Christ saying it. And I'm as righteous as Jesus is. Cause there's only, you can't be a little bit righteous and a little bit whatever. You either are or you're not. The sacrifice either worked or it didn't. If it wasn't received by the Father, it's because something missed the blood. It didn't get sprinkled. Uh, the, the 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 altar, the conscience of the altar were not consumed, and God didn't bless it. And the high priest fell dead, and they pulled him out with the rope. And then they looked around and said, "Who's next?" Wouldn't you hate to be the guy next, the junior high priest, high, assistant high priest? And the so the the high priest is dead because he did the sacrifice wrong. And now, oh, sorry, you gotta go in. Uh I've decided to resign from the priesthood. I got, I got I got I got like my humor is like a far side, you know, Gary Larson far side humor in my head and I have like high priest at the altar humor going it's, it's probably not acceptable I have friends right now that would not like that but I want you to I want you to see something cool here okay um, verse 3 of Hebrews 2 how shall we escape now I know what I know that the the initial meaning of this, but I thought this applied to what I just preached about we ought to be healed, you know. We ought, Being, she's a daughter of Abraham, we ought to be healed being a son and daughter of God, an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. It says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Which at the first... Began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. God also bearing them witness to this great salvation. Both with signs and wonders and with divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. There's a question mark there. He's still asking the same question. How shall we escape if we ignore all this? I'm telling you, folks, we've got the greatest salvation the world's ever known. We've got the greatest deliverance the world has ever seen. We've got the greatest health and healing and wholeness package and prosperity package that the world has ever seen. And how shall we escape? Escape what? All the garbage in the world that's trying to kill us and destroy us. How many know there's stuff out there? Are you, like, blind or just stupid? Which is it? You know, not talking to you particularly, but saying, you know, us. Are we? I'll include myself. Are we blind or just stupid? Which is it? Because you can see it's dangerous. You understand? Pete, some people did die of COVID. They did. I, I, we have friends. We have people that died of COVID. We, you, know, you, understand, you understand what I'm saying? It was like a real threat. I do think it was man-made, but that's because I'm a conspiracy theorist. You know, the bat people in Wahoo or wherever they were. Wu-Ho. Wall, Walpole. Where? I don't know. The Wu-Flu. From the lab. Where did this come from? The lab. Oh, great. Dr. Frankenstein, you know, is trying to electrify the beaker again. I don't know. How many remember school? They always had the the Bunsen burner and the beaker. I failed anatomy class because I wouldn't touch the dead dog. I said, I'm not touching that. It. It's dead gross and smells like formaldehyde. So I got an F. The girl that was assigned to work with me hated me because I wouldn't help her. Pull that tendon right there and write that down. I said, I'm not doing nothing. This is gross. I'm going to throw up. And it was right before lunch. Can you imagine? you got to dig around at a dead dog before lunch and then go to lunch. And then I switched and did Driver's Ed before lunch. Oh my God. They showed those Ohio State the Department of Safety films, you know, with people mangled bodies and, and, and heads cut off, you know, and stuck to the tree and everything. And okay, it's lunchtime. What are we having? Spaghetti with meat sauce. Oh, great. I just saw that on the Driver's Ed film. Can't wait. (laughs) We have to go to counseling to get out of school. I mean, it's like, God, help. People are torturing. It was prison. Amen. How shall we escape? And I I, I know what this literally means, but if you broaden the meaning just a little in your imagination, I, I saw that today and I thought, this is so great. We won't escape, folks. If we neglect our salvation, if we neglect the finished work of Christ, if we neglect the fact that Jesus paid it all, we can't add anything to it. There's nothing we can do to earn any part of it. It's already ours. How will we, how will we escape the sickness, poverty, lack, government failure, medical failure, every, all, all the, all the disaster and meanness and demonic attack that's in the world, how will we escape if we neglect our salvation? We won't. We won't escape. That's it's, it's not just a figurative question. What better plan do we have? Okay, that's enough preaching. Praise the Lord. Lift your hands and thank Jesus for the word. Oh, Lord, let these words sink into our heart. If there's any part of your blessing that we're not receiving, Lord, give us boldness to speak it out and to reach out with hands of faith and receive our healing, our wholeness, our deliverance, our finances, our our favor, our 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 futures. In Jesus' name, those that are watching by internet, I'm pray for you in the name of Jesus. If you've got a sickness. Or any infirmity in your body, put your hand where you're suffering. Jesus will touch you there. That's the same for in the house. In Jesus' name, be healed and be whole from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. I command blind eyes to open, deaf ears to unstop, lame legs to walk, cancers and tumors and and, uh, uh, all kinds of disease to go from these bodies. In Jesus' name, be healed and behold, any that person that's tormented in their mind by evil thoughts or darkness or depression or suicide, in the name of Jesus, go from them. In Jesus' name, be healed and be whole, and be blessed and be saved in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, let's lift our hands and thank God today for the Word. And we give him all the glory and all the honor and all the praise in Jesus' name.